Welcome to the Raising Real Estate Standards Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Mark Mann. Welcome back to Raising Real Estate Standards. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Fantastic. Well, today we're going to uncover uh, a hot topic in our industry, and uh, we're going to title this uh, Office Exclusive slash Pocket Listings, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, this is a, you know, a, a really hot topic in our market right now just due to inventory levels um, and just the way the market is, is really racing these days. And um, there's, you know, there's a lot of controversy around it, and there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of talk around it in, in the uh, real estate communities on, on social and um, even written publications uh, about it, um, Inman, uh, Riz Media. There's a lot of talk around um, pocket listings and office exclusives. And, you know, the, there's a lot of people in the camp. There's a lot of loud people out there that are, um, you know, saying that it is just the worst thing ever, that it is, uh, it doesn't do any good, and it's just a, you know, a really bad situation. And today I want to kind of uncover the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because, you know, as with anything, it's not all bad. It's not all good, but it's not all bad. But I think if we, if we, you know, educate ourselves and we can, you know, talk through the reasons why and, and how to do it appropriately, um, you know, we're a better, better agent for it. Mm-hmm. Hey, do me a favor. Tell me what exactly a pocket listing is. Okay. So let's, let's define it. Um, a listing, you know, let me back up for a second. Um, uh, recently, National Association of Realtors passed a uh, clear cooperation rules and regulation. Uh, and basically, I'm not going to go into the, to the, all the rules, but basically, we got to play more fair. There was a lot of unfair practices going on, and NAR wanted to step up and make sure that we were playing the sandbox together fairly. So there's a lot of rules around it. But base, what a pocket listing, in my definition of a pocket listing or an office exclusive listing, is a listing that I have as an agent that is for sale, a property that is for sale, that I would like to market, but I'm just going to market within my office or within my personal client base and not open it up to the entire realtor base, putting it out in public arena on the MLSs and in public fashion. And it's literally just, I've got a listing that's in my pocket and I'm going to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that comes off like, well, why would you want to do that? Yeah, I was going to ask you, so if if the purpose of clear cooperation is to make sure everybody has a chance and it's fair, it seems like the definition of an office exclusive is you're cutting someone out. No question. No question. That is that is exactly what you are doing. Um, but in in with clear cooperation and the rules and regulations, you have they've built in flexibility and compliance because there are there are times that it makes sense to utilize a pocket listing or an unmarketed listing. Previously, in 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 years past, this was you know a high profile uh, listing, someone who was a high profile person who owned some real estate, and they didn't want the world to know. They didn't want to know you know they didn't want to know Michael Jordan was selling his uh, his house over here or uh, whoever. They just did not want to know that you know, this high profile person, that was one reason to use it. That still is a reason to use it because of not wanting that, that information out there. Um, but in, in today's time, yes, it is, it is absolutely kind of contradictory, but there are reasons to do it. Um, there are reasons not to do it. Let's kind of walk through the, you know, the, without, before I get into the good, let's walk out the bad and the ugly. Um, 
we're a, um, a, a market-driven society, right? Markets drive prices, markets uh, drive everything. And, if, if, and the idea is if I have a house for sale, if I open it up to the open market, I'm going to get a more accurate portrayal of what, what it's worth, right? Because I'm going to have more people in that arena to, to buy it, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, typically, uh, if you uh, have a listing and you open up the market, you're typically going to garner more for the property in most cases. Um, so the putting a pocket listing in place, you know, am I taking money off the table for my clients? Are they going to sell it less because I didn't open up the market? Possibly. Yes. No question. There's that distinct possibility. Um, however, again, there are reasons and we're going to dive into some of those reasons to do it. Um, uh, but it's not always a negative thing. However, those that are using some of the strategies in, in, with pocket listings, um, the, the bad press and the, um, the real, the noise surrounding are those that aren't doing it correctly. They have that they, they, you know, they're, they're trying to hold on to these listings and they, they love to sell themselves or love to, to, to leverage them. And then they don't follow the rules. Most importantly. Yeah. So, um, it's pretty easy just to understand the dynamics of what it is, why people would think this isn't a good idea. So let's talk about the ways you can use it and the reason it would be a good idea. That way we can educate some people on why some of these reasons would be. You mentioned, um, okay, I've got a high-profile person that doesn't want to know everybody to know his or her business. Right. Yeah, no. High-profile person doesn't want to know their business. That's easy. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah. a, easy to explain. Um, let's take it back. We're in, we're in a, a market right now where you put on a property. If it has, um, you know, if it's a highly wanted property, it's in that median in, you know, price point of your market, you know, has what a lion's share of the buyers are looking for. You end up in really tough situations mm-hmm. as a, as an owner. So picture this, I, I'm, I've, I, I'm, I'm in the midst of COVID the world now. It's coming, you know, kind of winding back a little bit, winding back some of the regulations. But I'm I'm coming into this in the COVID arena. I've got this this house that I want to sell so I can move. I have to move. Um, and my real estate agent comes to me and says, okay, we're going to put it on the market. This is what the market value gives you. Expect to have in the first week... 30 to 100 showings on your house. I'm going to open it up to the market, and you could have 30 to 100 people coming into your house. That can scare the bejesus out of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, 30 to 100 people that they don't know, they don't know where they've been, they don't know what they're walking around with, they don't know if they're going to, what they're going to do, they're going to be walking in their home. And you've got to come back home and live there and, 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 you know, educate your kids there if you're, if you're doing homeschool, whatever. But you're living in your home, and a lot of people have chucked through your house. Um, that's a scary thing. So those are fears that buyers are having. So buyers are bringing their concerns to the table and telling or asking us as listing agents, what can we do to avoid that? Well, here's an opportunity or here's an option that we have made available to us, and that is an office exclusive or a pocket listing. I can market it just to the agents in my office. I can probably get you exactly what you're looking for. Now, 
it's not going to be opened up. You might not end up with the 15 or 20 offers that if we open it up the pup to the everybody, but we're going to cut down on the number of people. Why don't we go that route? Those are valid reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different – and you take that scenario – and you could tweak it a hundred different ways of why someone would not want a hundred people walking through their house. Sure. So, um, and so we as the consumer can direct us. The consumers can't, you know, when they go into a relationship with a real estate agent, um, they don't give up all their rights. You know, they can absolutely say, I don't want many people coming through my house. So the clear cooperation and the rules and regulations put um, parameters to allow us to accommodate our client's wishes. So they have the ability to request this. It has to be in writing. It has to be spelled out. There has to be understanding of the ramifications. And then they sign off that that's what they like to do. And then we, then we move forward. So what you're saying is, is um, our, as a real estate agent, our sole duty in representing our um, client is to get them the best price for their house. And that is not true. There are other terms. So so if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'd like to sell my house quicker, or I would like only three people to go through my house, or things like that, and, they, and they're willing to offset the uh, possible highest dollar value, then they could do it. Now, that being said, you could very well get the exact same amount doing it either way. But I feel like that may be the main thing is if we can just um, kind of un- understand that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, the highest dollar value we want to get for our client. But sometimes there are other terms that they're interested in along with getting a good value for the property. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, you hit the nail on the head. We are a fiduciary for our client. That's not a singular focused thing. Right. You know, there's multifaceted pieces of it. And if it's important for our clients, it's important for us to, to, to be able to provide that for them. And, you know, you look at it, kind of take a step back. Um, you, we've heard this term a lot um, in the multiple offer, offer world that we live in, you know, highest and best. And we know, at least I hope we know, highest and best or the best offer is not always the one with the largest dollar amount on the table. Correct. So even in an open market, when you've opened your property up to everybody and you ask for the best offer from someone, you know, there are, you know, I don't want to say off, I don't want to say majority of the time, but a good percentage of the time, the highest offer is not accepted because there are so many other terms in there. And just of that nature, because there's the real estate world is so complex, getting it on the market and listing it is the same way. Highest, you know, the best opportunity for them is not always the highest dollar, and we have to understand that, and we have to have that mindset shift when when we're when we're looking at this. Um, and the reason I want to talk about it is it's easy for me, the person that is listing the property the agent that's listing it, to understand that. Because I had an intimate conversation with these folks. We talked about their dog. We talked about their kids. We talked about the grandma. We talked about why they're going. We understand the totality of why they're listing their house and the fears that that exist. The problem is on the other side, you have this other buyer agent Mm -hmm. who did not have that conversation with the person listing the house. They only had a conversation with their buyer and the, the, their buyer needs to buy a house now and this, that, and the other. And, and, and 
I may not work in the same brokerage as as this listing that really meets my needs, and it gets sold, and I never had a chance to see it. You disenfranchised me and my buyer because you didn't open it up to the market. That's the conversation. That is the you know when people are getting furious because they weren't able to provide for their buyer. But we have to understand as as professionals, as buyer's agent and listing agents, a lot of times we don't know the full story. We just see how it affected us and our client. And we need to talk about it because it's right now it is just it is just beating heads. You know, you are a bad person because you did this. You're a bad company because your company allows this to happen. And you know it, it is it didn't allow my client to get the chance to to get in and see the property. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like it seems like this rule could be abused. Have you seen um, um, times, or do you know of times when this could be abused or has been abused? Absolutely, that's the ugly. Okay, that's the ugly. And it, you know, um, in, in in a market where things are selling for more than list price, it's hard to identify that. It really is. Um, but if you kind of if you if you can look into the future and look at a normal market, it's easier to identify because um, if a property, if there is a, a situation where a property does not go for market value, and you can pretty much tell once you do some research after the fact, um, and it and it's an office exclusive or pocket listing. Um, there's a chance that that conversation was not had eloquently with the sellers and later on down the road if they figure out hey you weren't doing me justice you just wanted to sell this yourself so you could get both ends of the commission or whatever there was a there's a financial benefit for you not to open it up that you didn't disclose um to the seller and they did not you know you know achieve the desired results or the market value um there's a chance you're in a libelous situation. Yeah, and you take that risk when you do that. So you really need to you really need to be asking your client. That's right. Absolutely. You need to be not only be asking them, these are things that if you're going to go down this road and it makes sense because it is it's not the norm. Don't want anybody to think that pocket listings and office exclusive listings are the norm. They are more prevalent right now because of the pace of our market, but it's still not the norm. So not only do you need to have the conversation with them, you need to get it in writing that they understand the ramifications of not opening a property up to the open of to the open market. Yeah, disclosure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so as 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 we go down go down the road, I mean, to me, each market is a little bit different. Clear cooperation with NAR is a national rules and regulations. But then you've broken down into the di- different uh, MLSs, different markets. So everybody's going to have something different. Um, but the most important thing um, that you can do if, you, if, it, if your clients request it, if it makes sense, um, and you're going to be able to, to uh, you know, go down that road, is to, to, to do it properly. Don't assume. Don't assume all I have to do is just have the conversation with them and it's done. Because you know, you know, you know, I serve in a different role um, um, other than coach and 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 on the podcast. I serve as the broker in charge of our office, and I've had to have conversations with our agents. No, you did this incorrectly. You've got to list this in the open market, or you've got to figure out to get some more documentation of what the seller actually wants to do. So don't assume that it's just a matter of this is what we've talked about at a listing presentation. I can go do it. No, you have to have stuff documented. Right. Yeah. So um, I have to ask this question. 
and I, and I hope I don't trip you up. We don't, you know, when we put these podcasts together, we don't really uh, 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 rehearse this stuff. Right. But so, so the thing on the top of my head is, all right, I am an agent who owns my own company. You've seen a lot of that in this market. Um, it's, it's, it's natural in this type of market because it's, it's expense driven, mm-hmm. right? So I'm an agent who owns my own company and it's just me. Yep. I'm cut out of these deals. What can I do? What can you do? Um, you know, I'm glad you asked that because that gets me back to a conversation we had I don't know, six months ago, and it is so true today as it was then, and it's going to be true for the foreseeable future. If you are a real estate agent representing buyers and your sole source of properties for your clients is on the, tr- the multiple listing service or properties that are listed in the public, you know, whatever way, I would argue that you're going to be out of business before too long because the game has changed. Um, And because the game has changed, we as agents are supposed to change and be adaptive. And unfortunately, most agents are not adaptive. They are still operating in the, the, the old ways of property goes for sale, gets listed in MLS, buyer agent sees it, goes to show the property, and buyer buys it. Well, as we talked uh, on, on a previous podcast, there's a whole nother s- slew of properties that are available that you should be fishing in, in that blue ocean. Uh, and, and, you know, going after those is how you're going to survive and how you're going to bring value to your client. You have to bring value to your client. And if, you're, if your value is based on your association with the, uh, your local realtor association and your local MLS, you're not bringing enough value. You have to bring more value. Period, punctuation, the end. And um, in, in a time where um, um, value is being squeezed, perceived value is being um, judged, um, step your game up. Step your game up. You know, I, I, I see it all the time, and, and I will, I'll be honest with you. Those um, um, that are loudest in this arena, um, um, I would argue, are still operating in the old way. So what you're saying is, you know, um, everybody knows there's going to be a market shift at some point. Um the separation between the ones who are doing the most, it's already happening. It's happening right now. The ones that are doing the most for their clients versus the ones that, you know, are just trying to get by. That separation's taking place. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I hear people say all the time that, um, you know, you're doing this to me. You know, the people that don't like the, the, the pocket listings or whatever it is, right. something that disenfranchised me, something that did something to me, whether I'm a buyer, I'm a buyer's agent. We live in a victim society, a victim society right now. And this is just another example of it. Um, you know, real estate agents that use pocket listings are not bad people. Right. They didn't do this to you. It didn't happen to you. It was a decision that was made in the most part between two intelligent people that had a thoughtful conversation about why it was best for them in that situation. 
Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, not, uh, you know, blasting everybody who does this, um, but understanding their different circumstances and, and, and why people do things. Um, so in, instead of, of garnering all this negative energy of why somebody did something to you or your client, get out there and change your fishing rod, hmm. figure a different place to fish for properties, add value to your client in a different way. If not, you're going to be left behind, and all you're going to have is these, you know, these feelings of animosity, and the person who adapted is going to be sitting there with a massive client list running a fantastic business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there, you know, we started this by talking about the good, bad, and the ugly. I want to make sure that everybody knows I'm not pro-pocket listings. I'm not anti-pocket listings. I am pro-strategy and pro-growth. Mm-hmm. And what I am anti is, is bashing things that you don't understand. So, yeah. you know, our job and the, the goal of this podcast is to raise the standards of real estate agents, in, you know, across the country and educating yourself on what's going on um, and you know, that's a big thing of it. So I can't encourage people enough to educate themselves on one, why someone want to do it, how it could benefit your clients if it's necessary to put it in there, how to make sure that you do it appropriately and be in compliance with the rules and regulations. And, and, and fourth and last, if, if this property is, is perfect for your buyer, guess what? There's another one like it, period, punctuation, the end. Um, we were looking at stats this past year uh, um, or this, you know, this past week, and you know, um, everybody is focused on inventory. Inventory is at such low levels. Inventory, inventory in the MLS is absolutely at such low levels. We are still selling more properties this year than we did last year, than we did the year before. More deals are being done, not less. More deals are being done. There's just a lot of off-market deals being done, and if you're not playing in that in that sandbox, you're missing out on a lot. A lot of properties. Yeah, so what you're saying is the supply hasn't gone down. The demand's just gone up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we looked at in our area, the uh, average days on market is four days. <laughs> Heck, it takes four days to get the paperwork done. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about making sure that, uh, that real estate agents are taking their business to the next level, educating themselves, and operating in a sense of reality and not being a vic- not being a victim. Mm-hmm. Stop being a victim. Be a person that's providing your client value because that's when you can garner um, um, true advocacy from your clients. Agreed. Agreed. Well, awesome. this, this has been great, man. I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your passion with this uh, with everybody out there because this is this stuff's important. It absolutely is. Um, and you know, guys, if, if there's anything that uh, that is really you know weighing in on you and your heart and you want to uh, unpack it brown and i are open to conversations would love to have somebody to bat around different ideas so if you'd like to sit down with us and chat with us just uh, leave us a, a comment and uh, we'll get back with you yeah and if, if anything you want us to bring up on here we'd love to you know uh, we'd love to bat it around give you our take on it and uh, and see what you think awesome guys have a great one you've just listened to another episode of the raising real estate standards podcast If you've benefited from what you've heard, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it if you rated, reviewed, and shared this episode. 
You can contact us at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, email us at info at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, and you can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the heading of Raising Real Estate Standards. 